0: Because what is this thing about not eating salt and um, is it just a, a, a myth is it just a superstition or uh, because it's something co- mostly common in this part of the world especially okay, well, you know in, in the southwestern part of the country you, you yeah. hear all sort of things like you know uh they don't eat salt and, and all of those things so what is what is is, is there any scientific explanation I, for no, not eating salt
1: there's not many anyway, for all of us we should <laughs> salt induced um, uh, increase in your blood pressure so all of us should avoid excessive intake of salt Okay. but, so, but there's nothing special about albinos that makes them not to eat salt constantly. To the other because people. you hear
0: people say it. When you see an albino yeah. uh, that has, um, you know, some skin condition or skin yeah. problems, uh, they say, oh, this person has been eating salt. That's why. There's, that albinos are not supposed to eat salt.
1: There's nothing scientifically linked to that. Unfortunately, it's still part of the things that they have cooked up to attach <laughs> to this condition.
0: Okay. uh, You you mentioned the different types of um, albinism earlier. Yeah. Um, Ocular albinism. I think that's one I'm comfortable with. The other one you know is is a bit of a tongue twister so I will try (laughs) and get comfortable with it. Uh, Are there any developmental problems associated with it? Uh, I'm seeing something here about it you know possibly resulting in developmental retardation you know mildly short in stature or deafness in, in some cases as well.
1: Perhaps deafness but normally ocular, ocular cutaneous except you remember I told you that they could be associated with some syndromes mm. and I don't want to go into those syndromes because they are they are not common conditions. So what I mean is that you can have. They are not common here. They are not common generally. Okay. So ocular cutaneous albinism, ocular albinism, those are just plain that's just albinism, but you can have albinism as a component. By the time I start mentioning emansky Pudlak syndrome, Chediak Ighashe, But you, well, know, you, would you know, explain it. Mention no, it the, is unexpli- the reason why it's not necessary to ex- uh, uh, mention those ones. Uh, is because that generally, if you look at them, for example, Griselli syndrome that has albinism as part of it, maybe about eighty or ninety cases have been described in literature all over the world. So there's no point. Right now, this program is to educate about you know the the common ones the stigma associated with the condition and how you can manage the condition okay. going into all those other syndromes will probably confuse some of the Many listeners okay. and I do not want that to happen hmm. okay but just know that there are some syndromes that can be associated with albinism that will have other systemic manifestations so for example Like um, in Chediak, Igashi, you can have a patient with albinism, have bleeding disorders apart from the albinism, you know. So you can have a patient with albinism having liver issues. So there are other syndromes. So once you see albinism coming up with other systemic syndromes, then you start to look into all those other syndromes. But straightforward albinism, ocular albinism, Oculocutaneous albinism is more of the skin, the hair, the um, eyes, and sometimes you can have some airing
0: issues. Um, mm. oh, oh, okay, so um, you mentioned earlier that um, it is hereditary. Yes, and um, I've also seen uh, some, you know, false reports here again about um, it being possibly contagious. I want you to speak to that as well from the science point of view, trying to debunk that mentality again that albinism is contagious.
1: And I hope that at the end of this show, everyone will know that albinism is not contagious because it is inherited. As soon as the child is born, it is obvious that that child is an albino. And so, if they don't take away anything from this show, it is to know that albinism is not a disease, albinism is not contagious. Hugging an albino person will not automatically make you become an albino. Okay. And living with an albino person, because I've seen, I've heard all sorts of things. You know, I don't want him to I come have to our well, house yes. because I don't want him to transfer this color to my children. It doesn't happen that way. And the most important thing to note is that you can have two normal appearing parents having an uh, having an albino child. And the risk of having an albino child is almost zero if you do not have the gene. In fact, it's zero. So, for example, you don't have It doesn't happen accidentally? No. Okay. There are some genetic conditions that we call that normally they are inherited but you can have something we call sporadic sporadic means that out of the blues it just happens albinism is not like that never you know in medicine we like to say never say never uh, yes but in life i mean never generally never. albinism yes. is not like that you don't have sporadic mutation it's usually inherited in an autosomal recessive fashion or x-linked okay like
0: I, I know that you're you're a skin expert and um you've you I like obviously to be called a dermatologist. a dermatologist there are so
1: many people on um in the internet yes. now where he just yeah, well. skin.
2: Skin also
0: a dermatologist. Yes, you please. you practice the profession, yes, and uh, you've obviously interacted with a lot of um, you know albinos. So in yes, your please. practice over the years, what is the most common you know um, problem that you encounter with them, and what do you think is um, behind these troubles that they go through, and how can they manage them?
1: Um, to be honest, most patients with albin- al- albinism yes. won't just come to the clinic. They don't really, except for the really um enlightened, enlightened ones. ones yes they come and so let me classify them into two groups the group that has nothing wrong with their skin they just bring their children or the parents bring the child or the child is an adult and comes or, or the person too. is an adult and yeah. comes um, himself or herself oh doctor i know an albino and i i read that there are so many things i can do to improve the integrity of my skin so they're just coming for basic skin care and how they can take care of their skin then we have another group that are coming with... So sometimes in albinos, we call some skin lesions precancerous. So an example of a precancerous skin lesion is something we call actinic keratosis. Note that all this, whether precancerous or cancerous skin lesions in albinos, is because of the effect of the sun. Okay. So f- the one thing, if they don't take away anything from this program, is to know that albinism is not contagious, it is inherited, and the sun is not exactly their friend. Friend, okay so most times when they come it's either because of the precancerous lesions that i mentioned or straightforward you know skin cancer they're already coming with some so i'm not sure if you've seen it on the road before you see an albino with like an ulcerated lesion on the head on the face so those are skin mal, skin cancers occurring mm. in them
0: so uh, so that means that it's very hard for an albino to live in this part of the world given our you know tropical condition
1: to be honest, I think it's it's not that hard yeah. if they do what they are, you know, the the p- protective measures they are supposed to do. So, for example, I don't think I would advise an albino to take up a job as um, a traffic warden, controlling traffic. You know, I would uh, the kind of jobs I would advise albinos to do are jobs that where they will be indoors, probably like what you do right here. Yeah. And number two. If you have an albino child, you're going to do that child a whole lot of good if you start sun protection at a very early age. So, for example, you know, one thing about children is that if you started something with them, they are used to it, it becomes a habit. But you've not been doing it and the child is a teenager and you're like, okay, you have to use your sunscreen, you have to use a wide brim. They're not likely going to comply. But if you start from an early age where long... I have albino patients that when you see their skin... You almost just want to, you know, you just want to touch it all day long. Mm -hmm. But you have some that they don't practice sun protection. The skin, we call something photo aging. Photo aging means that the skin has aged more than it should because of the effect of the sun. So sometimes if you are walking behind an albino that does not use sunscreen or any, you see the back of their neck looking wrinkled, almost yeah. like an old person's skin. So and the skin looks
0: older than their exactly, age. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: photo aging. People that have bleached their skin, so that's one of the major problems they're going to have. You see a 30 something year old woman or 40 something looking like 60. So, luckily, to be honest, even with the rate at which people are bleaching their skin, if we compare the rates at which they are bleaching their skin and to the rate we see skin cancers, it's still not as, you know, yeah. they are not, you know, commensurate with each other yet. But definitely, photo aging is one of those things that you are going to see. In
0: Enlightenment this. is key uh, on this subject um, because you mentioned that most people you've interacted with are uh, the enlightened people. And, um, but you still find a huge um, albino population, especially in the rural areas, in the in the communities, that don't even know how to manage this kind of condition. Yes. They don't even know why they have it. Some of them probably feel like um, their parents are cursed by some people. That's why they have it as well. So how do we, you know, penetrate those areas and ensure that um, they're enlightened more and they know how to manage this, this skin condition better?
1: Luckily, um, and when I mentioned that enlightened, I mentioned that the, the enlightened ones are probably the ones that will come to ask for basic skin care yes when the issues come all of them come whether they enlightened or the unenlightened and again the well, before the
0: sorry before the online unenlightened, unenlightened come the issues would have probably escalated yes yes times, yes, to yes.
1: Be honest. and now um one of the things um social media has been helping us to do is that it has been magnifying the voice of a lot of healthcare workers whether dermatologists or non-dermatologists and again there are a lot of albino foundations, a lot. So when the when we have our uh, different types of um, events, like the World Skin Health Day, sometimes it's centered around um, albinism. Then you know the World Albino Day. There's a World Albino Day. We do different health talks, health shows, and all that. And w- we sometimes go into these communities into the, you know, rural communities, those hard to reach areas and talk to the people there about the different kinds of skin conditions and all that. But, you know, it can never be too much. So you, this is a continuous education, re-education, and this kind of programs, you can have this kind of programs. When we do this kind of health talks, I remember I handled the Yoruba version. You have to speak in a language because communication is about speaking a language that the person understands. Because if you are speaking in a language that the person does not understand, you are just talking to yourself. Mm. So we do it in indigenous languages and all that. So honestly, it's just to continue to educate the public. That's, that's the way. You know to go about it uh,
0: do, do albinos have um you know um a different lifespan due to uh, people who do not have the condition what i'm saying is um there, there are people who have said that um part of the misconception again possibly that people with albinism uh, tend to die early than those who do not have it i want you to also speak uh, on that as well from an expert point of view
1: so people with albinism actually have a normal lifespan when you compare them to people without albinism But there's a caveat to that. That is when, you know, they don't have complications. So, for example, if you have an albino that uh, doesn't have any skin issues, that has been practicing some protection and all that, doesn't have skin cancer, because one of the problems of skin cancer is that you can have it Um, Not just staying on the skin alone, but going into other organs in the body. So when they have complicated skin cancer, it can shorten their lifespan. But generally, without all these complications that can come with it, their lifespan is normal compared to people without albinism.
0: Okay, this is the Inkaba Science Show. In case you have any question, you can call 0700-1979. If there anything you want to ask the expert in the studio, um, any concern you might have about albinism, just to get yourself enlightened on the subject, 0700-1979. You, you mentioned the um, eye movement earlier and um, the uh, lack of pigment as um, you know, one of the causes. So, how does this lack of pigment affect the eyes in albinism?
1: you know the the, the there's um, in the eye there are different structures in the eye so and pigment is necessary for some physio- for some processes that take place in the eye so like there's the area where there's a, an area in the eye called the retina it's uh, and the, the iris mm. is the pigmented area of the eye so without that there are some processes that should be taking place in their eye that is not able to take place and because of that they have issues with vision because of this
0: not necessarily that they are visually impaired
1: not necessarily but because of that absence of that pigment some of the processes that should be taking place in the eye is not taking place properly and because of that they now have vis- visual impairment so, so, because so, of that
0: okay so it, it, can it be managed okay let, let's take this call we have a call now hello good morning hello good morning, good morning. your name where are you calling from Hello, your name? Hello? Hello, I can't hear you clearly. Your name or where are you calling from?
2: My name is Evelyn. I'm, con- I'm calling from UI.
0: Helen from UI. Okay, go ahead with your question. Okay,
2: um, I wasn't heard about a business. Uh, I heard that people who are in the borders as a tra- transfusion ah, uh, from an, an albino to a non albino. Can you hear me?
0: I can't hear you clearly. I need you to, you know, move away from where you are. Maybe move away from where we are a little bit and see if we can okay. receive you clearly. Yeah, I think it's better now. Go ahead with your question. Okay.
2: So, um, I heard something about blood transfusion Okay. Is there a transition from an albino to a non-albino? Okay. Is it possible for the non-albino to come down with albinism right. after the transition? Okay. I don't know how to do that.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um Helen from UI wants to know if um there is blood transfusion, so blood is taken from uh, someone with albinism and um given f- to someone who doesn't have it. So, is that going to lead to that's our question basically. I want you to, you know, help us explain that. Is that going to lead to the person uh getting albinism via blood transfusion?
1: Okay. So, it's um like I mentioned, it's a genetic um problem. Okay. So,
0: not a problem, it's a genetic.
1: No, no, no. The genetic, um, um, <laughs> the you know, the uh, when I say problem, uh, okay. I mean the enzymatic issues, all Is- those things. Oh, 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 that okay, take place. okay, okay. So it's not in the blood, so it's part of the gen- genes of the of, of the of the individual that has albinism. So an individual with albinism can donate blood. Can give blood as long as there are no other factors precluding um, um, blood tr- donation mm. in that individual, and can give blood to a non-albino person, and the person would not have albinism. It is not. It's not like um, diseases that are transmitted through blood transfusion, like HIV or hepatitis B, for instance albinism is not like that so they are free to donate blood as long as they don't have any other factors that can um prevent them from doing that
0: yeah when, when i was doing a bit of a research um you know for ahead of this show i yeah. also came out came about um, another aspect of uh, superstition or stereotype that um, albinos face uh, one of them was in a particular community here in africa as well where people have been promoting that theory that when you engage in you know sexual relations with someone with albinism you cure yourself of hiv
1: Ah, albinos <laughs> have suffered. Yes. Oh, my God. There's nothing like that. See, HIV, we don't even need to go into HIV and all that. Yeah. But there's really nothing like that. Because unfortunately, what that person is just doing, is just transmitting HIV to the poor um, person that has albinism. Okay? HIV, as of now, as of 2021 now, perhaps, because one thing about research is that research keeps you know, changing. Things keep... Medicine is in dynamic field. Yeah. So... Maybe in the next few years, which I'll be happy to hear about, that we have a cure for HIV. But as of now, HIV is still not curable. So... Whether if you have sex with an albino person and you have HIV, I promise you by two, three weeks' time, we check your HIV status. You are still going to be positive. And unfortunately, what will probably have happened is that when we check in a few weeks, you might have transmitted the HIV to the poor albino. Mm. So there's nothing about um, curing HIV without um, um, by having sex with an albino person. All right,
0: 0700-1979. That's if you have any question uh, for our guest in the studio regarding albinism and how to manage uh, the con- condition better so um moving we've, we- we've said that we should not call it a skin problem or a disease but yeah. it's just a condition or yeah. it's not even a condition it's just what it is uh le- le- let's take a call let's take a call hello good morning hello good morning please move away from your radio good morning move away from your radio please move away from your radio yes morning your name where are you calling from friday friday where are you calling from friday
2: I'm calling for Mona
0: Henry. All right, go ahead with your question, Friday.
2: Uh, I don't know whether my question is diversion or issue because I want
0: to ask particular particularly concerning this eye issue. This what? The eye, eye, eye. okay, issue. okay, go okay. ahead, just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, I, I, I gave I that to my daughter,
2: actually, and one of her eyes usually bring out water, so I don't know the cause of it. I went to UI, then people attend to me also these days. So I don't know the cause of that.
0: One of our eyes, what? You said the eye is bringing out water. That's what you're saying.
2: Yes, yes, yes. One of our eyes.
0: So you want to know the cause of that?
2: Yes, yes, sir.
0: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, although it's not really related to the subject, but But um, is there anything? Yes, yes.
1: So, sir, one thing about albinism is that the eye manifestations are they they involve it would involve the two eyes mm. so anytime you have anything affecting just one eye and the child was probably not born with it it is not albinism okay so the eye discharge commonly associated with infections so they, they should see a doctor probably an ophthalmologist, an ophthalmologist. hello
0: good morning good morning, morning. yes your name where are you calling from, I'm calling from Emmanuel from LL go ahead Okay, so my question is
2: concerning the prevention of albinism. What is the plan of the medical community doing to prevent it? You know, so like you mentioned, mm. they have eye issues, they have skin issues. You know, they have uh, their head too so is not as strong as someone who is not an albino. So, what is the science community doing to maybe, like, I have to do it, maybe, uh, I don't know, know. what is the medical community doing
0: to? No. Ah, I'm having difficulty hearing you, Emmanuel. I'm having difficulty hearing you, but I think I have been able to pick your question. Uh, so, I think Emmanuel is asking what the science community is doing um, uh, to prevent albinism. Maybe that's to, to, just, well, uh, to, just to summarize the question. The, the
1: latter part of his question, to prevent yes. albinism, and he also asked like, to prevent the complications, complications of albinism. Of albinism. Yes. So, for preventing albinism, honestly, you cannot predict which couple or who is going to have an albino child okay and um the most important thing is to talk about the complications uh, Doctor, maybe
0: we should take this call and then we'll answer everything answer before everything. we go okay, okay. that's right. hello good morning good morning, good morning your name where are you calling from i'm charles charles where are you calling from charles I'm calling from this morning. okay go ahead charles please move away from your radio to... charles move away from your radio I
2: hear me very well yes now.
0: yes it's better now
2: okay fine i want to the doctor in the house in a special way. She has done a really nice job. Okay. She has educated quite a number of persons that are listening. Um, I'll now go straight to my special I would like her to further educate on whether there are, you know, simple drugs that uh, some of these are, you know, should be taking, maybe on a regular basis that would help, you know, help, help uh, maybe some of the complications or even help them you know prevent uh, some of these uh, issues that they probably will come down with okay and then uh, if there are such drugs if she can leave there are such drugs that will be you know recommended without someone necessarily going to the doctor's office so that uh, maybe some of them that won't be able to access the experts in the field they can lay their hands on such drugs and
0: i believe it will help them okay I don't thank know you, if you yeah I I, uh, I I i did i did thank you so much uh, thank you Thank you. So that, that's the last call we'll be taking on the program. So that I want you to conclude your answer to the initial question and then yeah. you know, answer this so one I, as well. I think
1: I would actually answer the questions both, both okay. together. Okay. So the other man asked about um,
0: what the science community is doing to about, possibly prevent. And like I mentioned, yeah.
1: I think I already mentioned it earlier in the show that mm-hmm. we are doing some, a lot of advocacy health advocacy health education once it's world even before albinism is something we keep talking about constantly I've talked about it several times on all my social media platforms and a lot of the doctors do that too and apart from that we go to radio stations TV stations and all that to educate about the condition and so moving on to the mr Charles's question, question yes he asked about is there any drug that, can, and, just that be it can just be yeah. taken so since it is not a disease per se, and it's not like um, there's any, any um, drug that you can take to take away the condition itself. What I would advise is b- these measures I'm going to mention, there are ways to protect the skin from the complications that can result mm. because of the kind of skin they have. Okay. So importantly, please ensure that if you have an albino child, you make sure that they are wearing clothes that cover their skin completely. Avoidance of um, the sun, especially between the hours of 9 to 4 p.m. or 9 to 2. Then when they need to go out, it's important to wear things like let them make make it like a fashion statement for them. So they are wearing white brim arts, they have dark sun shades on and you moisturize their skin frequently. And by moisturizer I mean applying body cream. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you moisturize <laughs> their skin. Just to break and, it down. Yeah, just to break it down <laughs> and applying body cream and not something, something white or something, something and white. Because yes. there a lot of creams out there now are bleaching creams. Yes. So you have to be careful what you're buying so um, ensure they wear protective clothing use something we call a sunscreen a sunscreen is a cream that has some protective factor so it contains some things some um, chemicals or some things that they have put in it mm-hmm. to protect you against the rays of the Sun and when an albino is going to use a sunscreen they should use a sunscreen with some sun protective factor of 50 Okay. Anything less than that should not be used. So, mm-hmm. some be usually between 30 to 50, but for albinos, I would advise SPF of. 50. and there are different types of sunscreen so majorly their face, the neck areas and all the areas that are exposed after moisturizing their skin, they apply the sunscreen all over those areas and I can assure you, mm. you will see that their skin will do Alright,
0: well. it's been a very exciting conversation and, and, and insightful as well with thank you, our Dr. Shakirat Gold, thank you so much for being a part thank of you, the, the so show. We also long appreciate long. those who joined us as well, those who called in, thank you so much. Join us on Thursday 5pm for a repeat broadcast of the Inkaba Science Show, right on the beat 97.9 fm my name is olorun Toba yusuf
2: bye for now